0: You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. It's time for Politics This Week with the Managing Editor of His name is Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off. It was uh, Friday afternoon. I was actually the one that asked Governor Mundo uh, about the Christopher Columbus statue in Boston. It was basically decapitated and then uh, taken down. And then over the weekend, not only did they uh, have to board it up and uh, put a fence around it and try to protect it, but then three people were arrested trying to vandalize the statue. One of them happens to be a teacher in the Pawtucket School Department. Governor Mundo on Friday did not say uh, talk about taking it down, but saying there's definitely a discussion and she's against any type of vandalism towards the statue. So... um we last the end last week. You know, suddenly it became if you don't like something, you rip it down. We saw it. Uh, you know, a lot of the monuments um, in the South. I'd like to get your thoughts uh, on the Christopher Columbus statue. Yeah,
1: well, there's there's a whole lot there. I mean, the I, there may be no more telling story in the news right now than the social studies teacher arrested for attempting to vandalize a Christopher Columbus statue. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're wondering. What young folks acting the way we do recently yep. that's a pretty good indication of, of i mean if he's doing that you know after however however much time of distance learning if he's doing that i mean what what is a teacher like that teaching in the classroom and you get the feeling it's not he's not an isolated case so, you know although taking it into action as he allegedly did is a whole other level but uh, <clears throat> this seems to be the the a big problem in, in our education system is is teachers with that kind of attitude not reinforcing uh sort of our cultural values but rather teaching a radical uh ideology that wants to destroy statues but it uh, across the board it's kind of a and i know middletown connecticut they took their statue down of christopher columbus it's it's kind of um you know a, a rewriting of of history in some regards it's it's disturbing especially the decapitation it starts to make you think of uh say the liberation of iraq when all the statues of saddam hussein came down Uh, the big difference there is um he was actually a person who had been oppressing and killing and, and destroying his people whereas we're kind of inventing we're imposing you know 20th century 21st century uh narrative on christopher columbus years and years ago so it's it's kind of a it's a it's a lesson in in how we're we're really battling a f- false demon, so to speak.
0: What did you make of uh, Governor Mundo saying, "I'm against vandalizing," and then obviously the city had to take efforts to even put it like in a in a box, but then also, um, you know, Justin, there's this attitude and atmosphere right now. It it is uh, it's really mob rules. It kind of reminds you of um. Have ever seen like an old Frankenstein film with it? You know, they have the torches out in the mob. They're going up to the castle at night. Um, There's this attitude right now that if you say you're outraged, it it basically people feel entitled to any form of destruction. Almost as if, you know, if you go to the grocery store and for some reason you were unsatisfied with the service, by all means, feel free to smash the window on the way out. We, We have got to get out of this mob rule right now where people just all you have to do is basically say. You're offended or outraged, regardless of how old it is, and um, and my but and that this is the time where we're going to rectify everything, and then therefore, not an element of petition, not an element of discussion, just mob rules, rip these things down. Well, I think it, it, a lot of it comes down to the the weakness of leadership.
1: Um, I'm, last time we had this discussion of Christopher Columbus statue, which was only a few months ago, they were talking about. Uh, mayor alorza was talking about moving it to i think federal hill that's correct as if to rely on the italians to protect their own statute which is really a a detrimental way to look at these things what what leaders should be doing and it doesn't say anything good about our culture and our our society in rhode island right now that we have to box a statue to protect it from vandalism uh what what a leader would say is hey look i don't necessarily agree with what the statute represents but you can't vandalize things you can't break them that's kind of the attitude instead it's yeah let's have a discussion about what people feel about this and it only when you when you mix it in with radicalized education it only to some extent encourages people where you need sort of leaders who are going to provide that bulwark and insist first and foremost on the rule of law and having public debates about an issue without resorting to violence without resorting to vandalism uh and we just don't we don't have anybody in rhode island upholding that sort of virtue
0: no we don't and i was um and folks again uh good afternoon it's john de speak with justin katz manic gender ocean state current.com a segment is politics this week justin i was downtown yesterday and i don't hear the media stress enough you know they were so insistent on what a peaceful protest we're going to touch on that by the way the whole youthful protest yesterday and you can already hear the talking points, but, you know, the Biltmore is boarded up. The, uh, the hotel used to be the Westin. The, 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 the outside of that are on the bottom, all boarded up. Budget car rental next to Biltmore, all boarded up. D- downtown still boarded up. How do we get out of this now where they're trying to have this narrative that everything is on the right course and it's uh, a positive thing? And everything starts with a peaceful protest. But is this the new way of living we have to adapt to where, you know, things are – are bo- at the Biltmore Hotel is completely boarded up and there was not one mention of it in any of the news reports as the crowd marched past it. Well, that,
1: that all depends on the narrative they're trying to push. I think yeah. a lot of what we're seeing now – you can you can see in the the saga at the New York Times recently where they they the did it or published an op-ed by a U.S. senator Tom Cotton uh, that some people objected to and was forced to apologize and actually lost his job over it uh, because the radicals in the newsroom and uh, the readership insisted you cannot publish somebody like Tom Cotton expressing the views that he did. I think there's a there's a large element of the a, a challenge for kind of your more liberal what we used to call liberal uh people facing down these radical progressives they they agree with all the causes but they're trying and but they haven't quite figured out how to say you know let's slow down so instead i mean why does it i i was noting days before this this peaceful protest that the headlines are calling it a peaceful protest in advance well you don't know that it hasn't happened right but there's so why but but in what why do you even need that adjective? Didn't it used to be that a protest used to imply in the United States anyway, used to imply peaceful? But no, because they're not always peaceful. And it's a way for the news media to to try to discourage violence in a cause they support. And I think that's the tricky place they're in. That they they don't want to they don't want to say anything negative about the cause. Uh, so they're kind of hiding that, meanwhile, kind of trying to encourage the better angels of the people who are who are involved with it. And so it's, it's going to be interesting who wins that battle over the long term.
0: You know, I'm glad you said that because I've been seeing it more and more. And local reporting, to me, it's uh, I see very little reporting. I see uh, it's like, let's shoot some film and just give this narrative. You saw more of it yesterday, where I know that behind the scenes there were a lot of the professional uh, activists, organizers that you and I, you know, know the names of. They were the ones out front. They were the ones meeting with organizers. They were the ones with the police. And yet, when you watch any you know, of the coverage, you see all these young people lying down. We're told that this was organized by just you know two teenagers. It's the same script that uh, that just seems to uh, continue to go on. What did you make of um, the young people yesterday, Sunday? the die out or die all lying down on the ground for eight minutes and 45 seconds in front of providence place mall
1: well uh, that's it's not an original concept i mean it's just been done a lot in the past couple decades of the die-ins and that sort of thing and you know look we're we're dealing with a population of of students who've been not at school not having that normal kind of teenage and, and early twenties social life that, that you and I and others are used to, uh, they've, they've got nothing much else to do. A lot of the stuff is still shut down. Uh, and here's a, here's a way you can go out and socialize w- with no guilt because even, even the most, uh, even the most, uh, you know, righteous of, of COVID-19 watchers in the news media won't say, what are you doing? You're doing harm. You know, this. so they can go out, they can do this. And at the same time, you add in the, the radicalized teachers who've, who've taught these kids. And as we've discussed over the past few weeks, in some ways, our education system is teaching students to be protesters um, in, in some regard with all the social justice as a as a virtue that gets taught and impotent. And, and imp- in the students in in imbued in the students uh, throughout their careers and a lot of when you apply to colleges what have you done there's a lot of I'm in this group and we advocated for this and we did that that's the sort of thing we're encouraging in, in young adults and so when you add in the fact that they they haven't been able to go out here's an opportunity to go out a cause that makes them feel righteous and feel like they're part of something and they've been trained to do this Meanwhile, as you say, the adults are kind of taking care of the tricky stuff, you know, keep maintaining security and all that, it it, it becomes a, you know, more of an event than anything. And it's, in some ways, it, it recalls the, the 60s and the, the boomer generation. So I imagine there's a lot of nostalgia going on in that, too.
0: Folks, um, coming up, we are going to talk about possible uh, state name change. Also, the GOP candidate that's challenging Senator Reid. Uh had a questionable incident and also more about uh, just Governor Mundo, the handling. It's all ahead with Justin Katz. Our segment, Politics This Week, right here on the John DePetro Show. Remember, for your business, mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 21 MEG, mega truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers. Diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110. Mega truck and trailer appear. FHWA inspections or an island state inspection station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24 hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them 508 336 2110.
2: Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call
0: Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028. plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com it's john dipetro folks weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I want to um, ask you about in the political scene in the Providence Journal this morning, you know, this gentleman that is running against, he's the Republican, running against, finding someone to run against Senator Jack Reed is not easy. Um, They did find someone. I was unfamiliar with them. Basically, listen, it's a, another situation like the Barry Hinckley lived in Boston, figured a, a Senate seat in Rhode Island is cheap. So then he just lived in Newport full time, ran against Sheldon Whitehouse, lost. But ran a, a good campaign, a real campaign. Um, this particular gentleman uh, living in mass, uh, black conservative, decides he wants to run for the Senate, runs against Senator Reid. I haven't heard of him. Um, I haven't met him. I have not interviewed him and now uh, the providence journal is the one to disclose that apparently he was involved with a domestic incident not 20 years ago not 30 years ago not 10 years ago um just within the past year he was involved uh and arrested with a domestic incident um i'd like to get your your thoughts on that
1: well i first i have met alan waters and a, a nice guy and, and some some good ideas and enthusiasm from a conservative point of view. Um, I think what we, what we see here, as you, you sort of alluded to, we've got the the Republican party in Rhode Island is so hollowed out uh, that there's no, there, there's, there are no barriers uh, to, to entry for even the most prestigious races, so to speak. And so that, that creates a lot of, a lot of problems. I mean, if, if, if you had a healthy party with multiple people running for multiple races, there'd be debate, there'd be discussion. A candidate like Mr. Waters would maybe start out at a city council level and then spend a few years in a general assembly and then maybe run for U.S. Senate uh, or Congress or something. That that would be the, the in a stronger party. That would be the way that would go. And by the time you get to that point, you're 10 years in, you've got a record, you've got a history, you know people. And an incident that happened last year is actually now an incident that happened 10 years ago. And I mean, it sounds like his family went through a rough spot and probably still going through it. And that, that happens and you can't really blame people on a human level. But it, it's hard to understand why somebody would want to be running for uh, especially U.S. Senate uh, in, in a with that uh, in the recent past. It's just it's such an obvious liability. So, I, I mean, I, I think the, the, the focus for, on this is the, the Republican party needs to decide if, if they need to run people in every race and if so, how they're going to, if, is it good enough just to show up? I mean, you and I have both seen over the years, somebody who shows up who's willing to do any kind of self funding. Hey, come on in, you know, um, and there's only so much betting you can do. And when the principle is we want somebody on the ballot, because otherwise it's just a free ride uh, then for the, for the incumbent Democrat, then, you know, you, you start to overlook a lot of things and, and, maybe not have the difficult conversations, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the time for you maybe concentrate at a lower level race where you won't face this kind of scrutiny and heat. Uh, But those conversations just don't happen because the party's so weak.
0: Do you think, and Kathy Gregg uh, points this out to her credit with the journal. And I, I was surprised at this, but two things. Number one, they claim, the party claims they knew about this incident and still, you know, encouraged him or, they're behind him to run until he got the endorsement i understand you don't want to leave it open that senator reed runs unchallenged but is this really the person who then gets the endorsement and justin if we're up to you would you say you're our candidate knowing now what has been made public in the journal
1: um well i if, if it were up to me i i i was uh a fan of sue Pledge to run general assembly candidates and even dip into lo- local races. Um, so, if it were up to me, the the party would not be looking at um, looking e- even seriously at, at Congress or Senate. I mean, if, if a Republican wanted to run there, you know, all right, maybe we'll we'll you know give you some logistical support, but um, that's not where their their focus should be. Um, as to ha- why the nomination happened, you know, <clears throat> at, at this point, you've got a lot of Republicans are frustrated. They want candidates. They see a guy who, who's, who's intelligent and friendly and presents well. And, you know, Hey, he's the only one on a ballot. Let's endorse him and do, and see where he goes. I think there's, there's a tendency to, to not to, to, you know, because the party's so weak, there's a tendency to not necessarily, consider the likelihood, you know, consider it as a real race as you would if you had a shot at winning, <laughs> you would, you would be a little bit more, a little bit more forceful. And, and all right, let's, let's look at this. Let's highlight this candidate. Let's, let's, you know, endorse this one, not endorse. But when, when every race is, is, is a long shot and has been for years and years uh, it, it's, it gets a, a different kind of a, a mentality, a, a different way of looking at the local politics. And, and I, I think it's, it's another, another facet of the Republicans rut in Rhode Island more than anything else.
0: Yeah. I, um, again, I don't know this gentleman and now I, I won't know this gentleman, but, um, I understand the element. I mean, if he's uh, running, he's a black conservative, uh, who knows, maybe he ends up on Newsmax by doing this. Then he could be, he was the Republican against, I think they envision they're going to end up in like debate on C-SPAN or something like that. It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't even know if Senator Reed's going to give him a debate in this climate, but, I, I just think you don't need the bad hit and bad press that now they're getting. And then this will kind of, you know, could be used as a wedge um, against the party. I understand. And again, like I said, they don't want the, the seat to go completely unopposed. But I agree with you. Uh, now you have to deal with this bad press and fallout. And then if I'm a candidate running, I don't know if I want this guy near me at an event. Uh, should the, you know, the press or just opponents pick up on it a little bit? Um, so I, I I think that the negatives kind of weigh the positive, and I agree with you. I'd focus more just on the the General Assembly. I hope they are focusing more on the General Assembly. Folks, it's John DePietro. Our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanstateCurrent.com. Coming up, we are going to talk about should the state change its name? Speaker Mattyello has emerged from uh, like a uh, Punxatoni Phil. We're gonna talk about that and the uh, Center for Freedom and Prosperity. It's all ahead right here. On the john DePetro show this portion of the program brought to you by bethel certified softwash let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look right now spring is the time you can text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 they have a great facebook page bethel Certified softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like, or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house look! It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway Any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with
2: a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to my MEGA MEGA Professionals. Call
0: them today, 508-508. 336 7801. 508 336 7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They're here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part time, full time, weekend work, uh, local, aka sleep at home drivers, class AB, non CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics. Skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA MEGA professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508 336 7801. 508 336 7801 for MEGA professionals. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, the, the name of Rhode Island is State of Rhode Island and Providence Plantation. In the past, for over 20 years, there's been talk of people saying that's an offensive term. Even though anyone that checks the history, the reason it was State of Rhode Island and Providence Plantation was because the part of the land, which was farming, which was the Providence part, Uh, the state part, that was more uh, in Newport. So it was like Newport, the island part, and the farming part, Providence Plantation. Um, Even though it was not designed and set up to mean a plantation the way it was in the south, uh, it's always kind of in there. And on Friday, I asked Governor Raimondo about it. She said she favors the name change and said at the very least it should be on the ballot it was on the ballot 10 years ago and was not successful but two things should it be on the ballot and do you think that we should change the name of the state just to state of Rhode Island
1: well it seems like we have this uh We have to have this on a ballot every 10 years now it's sort of like in in some constitutions require a constitutional convention every 10 years every 10 years we're going to debate whether we're to change the state's name uh this time based on a I, i gather an online survey or poll which is an interesting way to new way to to gin up uh support for something but look i mean basically i i can't claim to be nostalgic for the name Providence plantations. I mean, most, almost nobody uses it. It's almost like a trivia thing at this point. So if it were to change, I, there's no great loss, so, you know, there, as you, as you replace things like the, the brass seal and the state house, you know, then you change the name at that point. I, but, you know, I, it, it seems like such a, an unnecessary and, and divisive debate to have. I mean, as as you say in Rhode Island, it's literally a description of a farming colony it's plantation that's what it was and so everything is kind of imposed on that and you see that in the the people the sort of official talking point of the people who who support it so you get jim vincent of the naacp in providence saying well that's the that's the connotation it has now and so it's causing pain or anastasia williams we don't see a colony she says we see lynching and, and cotton picking and all that uh that's that's imposed on the word. And it sort of goes back to the Columbus statue. You know, we, we can have a conversation about what the word means here and we can, whether it applies anymore, but um, to, to turn that into a, a, a battle over changing a name. It's just, I don't know why you don't, you don't just acknowledge the history and then we all move forward from there. That's, that's always been my attitude. But at the same time, if if it were to change, it's not, it's not something I would lament or I I think I don't think most people would lament it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. This is not the, uh, the battle that I'm willing to, to wage or anything like that. If it were to change, you know, to me again, it was always one of those things that was there. Most people don't know. That's the full name. It it seems irrelevant that that's not the meaning of it. It was meant as farming, but that doesn't seem to matter. Uh, And I think in light of this mob rule right now, that, that, that is one of those things that could change as far as, and I think I also agree, you know, I I'm ambivalent about the Columbus statue. Again, his history is muddled. That is not accurate. Uh, that that is a narrative that they push forward on Columbus. If you want to discuss whether or not it should be moved or taken down, that's one thing, but I don't like this element where then they start defacing things or this vandalism or things like that. So I do not feel like, you know, put it, th- I'll, I'll put it this way. If someone said to me, we're going to have a rally at the state house to stop them from changing the name, Providence Plantation," I'm not part of it. I I am not part of it. I don't feel vested enough in it. It was just one of those things that if what of reason um, they do decide just to make it state of Rhode Island. I, I really don't have a problem with that. What about the fact, Justin, that all along, I mean, you and I have talked about speaker Mattiello who was telling people it was up to him. He has no desire to meet. He was more content to just be in the shadows um, didn't want to be the center of attention, wanted to be kind of below the radar, does have his race against uh, Bob Rand Fenton coming up in November. And suddenly now, first he takes a shot at Governor Armando on which I think is ridiculous. He just goes on one media outlet that just gives him, has an agreement with them, free form, you know, no hard questions. What do you want to talk about? Just say something that's going to make news. That's the agreement they have. And But he does say, oh, I think we should open everything up. And now, all of a sudden, supposedly the General Assembly is going to come back and meet something that should have been and could have been done weeks ago. Justin Katz.
1: Right. Well, the the there are two things the leader can do during uh, during difficult times, and one is to actually lead, and the other is to hide out. And for the most part, he's been he's been doing the hide out, out thing. I mean, you can understand why it's kind of perilous time. For him. There's there's the constant threat in the General Assembly of. Uh, from based on the the progressives and their surgeons um uh, at the same time in his own district he's constantly being he's got the battles from the right with Barbara Ann Fenton Fung and before that Steve Frias uh so he's in a he's in a difficult political spot so you can understand the motivation to hide and the jabs at the governor I mean that's kind of a safe way for him to to not step on either of those toes progressives don't and the unions still have a lot of reservations about Raimondo based on the pension thing. Uh, and uh, conservatives are all for, you know, going after the governor. So it's, it's kind of a safe way for him to come out and and kind of split some hairs uh, and get in the, the limelight. But if he, if, if he were dedicated, okay, it's time to open up, we'd be seeing a lot more activity on his part, a lot more involvement, a lot more, they would they've gotten, the general assembly going sooner, um, he'd be actually taking on some of the more difficult questions. You know, oversight of the governor's executive orders. You know, that they wouldn't be saying, "Hey, we're going to come back and we're going to take care of a couple of little things and then the budget and then we're done." It would be, we need to be there to oversee the governor. Can she? Can she still be directing the state like a dictator because of an, an emergency that obviously does not exist anymore? Can she actually be doing that without the legislature? That's the kind of thing he should be coming out and saying. Instead, it's yeah, let's kind of open up and, and come out a little bit more, uh, or or oversight of of of, um, of the state's hospitals and nursing homes where we've had real real problems and the, the lion's share of the deaths from COVID nineteen. There should be legislative oversight of that. These are the difficult things that should be addressed and they're not being addressed. And it, as you say, it's, he's been hiding out and, you know, taking a pot shot here and there, but uh, that's, that's not what, what leaders do.
0: Justin, what about Senate, Rhode Island Center for Freedom of Prosperity? Any news this week uh, that you want to share or a focus on something that you want to touch on?
1: Well, a lot of what we've been doing on, at least OSHA State Current specifically was to, is to, uh, Looking into some of the angles of these these questions, you don't see of race and and policing, you don't see very often in Rhode Island media. So, uh, Carol Andrew Morse had an interesting essay talking about <laughs> how a lot of the policing in Rhode Island is dictated by contracts. You have to have this many officers working this many hours. <clears throat> so the question is, the, the politicians have been happy to go along with that when it was only to force them to increase taxes, but now that there's a political ideological angle to it with the the black lives matter and defund police uh is that going to change so that's that could be he suggested an interesting uh battle coming up um i've been uh, looking into a little bit trying to understand whether uh progressive policies um increase the amount of interaction between police and and people and create these the atmosphere for for bad things to go bad, uh, the data is inconclusive, but we can say when it comes to police fatalities and shootings, uh, you really can't compare the United States to other countries, uh, and you can't give up your entire national character in order to, to be like them. And also, Travis Rowley had a, had a somewhat provocative essay uh, on, on OceanStateCurrent.com in the past week. Pointing out the, the sort of the racist point of view that that white people have as van Jones calls it a a racism virus that can kick in at any time, uh, and he Travis suggests that that kind of attitude really creates the environment in which we have these tragedies so regularly and so i I think we're we're providing a, a different point of view that people should go go take a look at in, in these times where it seems like all you 're hearing is the same narrative from the mainstream media.
0: <sighs> Uh, just to catch, you know, it's interesting, since you mentioned Mayor Lawson to defund the police, when asked, he would not comment about defunding the police. And number one, you and I both know the police union in in uh, Rhode Island is very, very strong, much like firefighter union, teachers union, police union, very, very strong, stronger even than the police union in Minneapolis, from what I'm saying. Tim Dodd, our legal expert, was saying uh, that Derek Chauvin, if that if he, that had happened in Rhode Island, he would still be on the beat. I mean, that's how strong the police union is in Rhode Island. He would absolutely still have his job and everything else. But what I find interesting is I'm anxious to get to an allures of press conference because this is someone that does not hesitate. If the word Trump is mentioned, he's against it. He talks about we shouldn't build the wall. I'm going to run a sanctuary city. And then when it comes to a pivotal issue. Suddenly, he suddenly doesn't have, oh, I don't I don't have an opinion yet on defunding the police. I'd like to get in front of Mayor Lorz and say, Mayor Lorz, President Trump is against defunding the police. What's your opinion? Because I think (laughs) just on reaction and knee jerk, he'd say, well, then I'm you know, I'm in favor of that. But what do you make of this? um, I interviewed some people yesterday, Justin, and it is it is a narrative that is evolving. And again, I I don't think it's going to get to where they want it to be, but. I'm not sure. Also, it's not the worst discussion that we do have people in society that we deem and allow to use, quote, deadly force, reasonable force. I think a problem with it is everyone, you know, has had some encounter with a surly cop, a cop who just for lack of a bit is just a jerk who is difficult, uh, who. That's just the way it is. Do you want to take a ride downtown? I mean, they, they don't help themselves. I, I'm certainly not in favor of defunding it, but I think it, it is an interesting time that everyone is that maybe that occupation and the ability for someone to operate that way, that maybe it, it shouldn't be so heavy handed in, in society.
1: Well, I, I think that's right, especially in terms of there There ought to be fewer needs for interaction with police. I mean, they, give them less to do. That's one of the problems is we we have all these rules. And to some extent, the police are just the working stiffs who have to, at the end of the day, enforce them. Uh, and so that's that's the big problem to me. And I hold I, the, the whole to fund the police thing, I, I think is kind of hilarious, especially in, in the context of what we've been talking about, where, you know, you have to you have to describe event uh, rallies as peaceful and you change the word meaning of the word plantation. What I, I love about the defund and what I think you would probably get from Alorza if, if you were on the spot is, oh, well, it, you know, it's just a tagline. We don't really mean defund. It's more like reform. Uh, so you, you can never know what a word means until the left tells you what what they want it to mean. It's a peaceful protest means we board up stores and, and only, only one police officer gets assaulted. Uh, and Defund the police doesn't mean defunding the police. I think, I think that's probably where it would go. I, I mean, I agree completely. There's a lot of reform that could happen, especially as Andrew Morse points out on ocean A lot of the, the rules in the police contracts do little, but drive up taxes. Uh, and, and you have to have a certain number of police in your town, no matter how busy they actually are. And I think we, we, could there's a lot of cleaning up that could be done. The problem is it always comes from the wrong direction. You know, like like the plantations thing. Okay, if we want to, if we want to say, you know what, this is costing too much in our letterhead to print the word Providence plantations everywhere. I, I'd probably be sympathetic to that. But if it's you no, know, we're gonna people are having a negative reaction to the word, so let's change it. It just seems like we we change things for for all the wrong reasons, and, and we miss this opportunity be, largely because of this ideological division. We miss this opportunity to kind of look at things coolly and actually come to some agreement. But I, I think there's actually pretty broad agreement that we, we could stand to look at police contracts, the amount of things we try to enforce, uh, and the number of interactions people have. And I, I, there's a lot we could do, but we always, because we won't reform government itself and say, let's stop enforcing all these rules, we, we can't really get to the, the correct solution.
0: You know, there's, if there's one area that I would be very open to, and I'd like to hear more people discuss it, and that would be uh, some kind of either reform or certain reduction of the Rhode Island State Police. My opinion of the Rhode Island State Police has has completely evolved over time. Like everyone else, I used to think, oh, you know, they're terrific, blah, blah, blah. Then the more you dig into it and when it's 2020, it's just – and I know this will sound insulting, but what do they do? They were started – Because there were certain communities that were too small to have their own police department. Now, Central Falls is a mile long. They have their own police department. Warren has their own police department. They basically are very politically. You have to that that the state police, which is they're way overpaid, my opinion, uh, filled the ranks with sons of troopers, grand troopers, uh, politically connected individuals. Um, They get ridiculous pensions. Commissioner Perry is one of them. And then they grab other jobs. They have all these state jobs they grab. The guy at the convention center, former state trooper, they patrol the highways. Anyone that talks with them, like Providence Police, Cranston, Warwick, state police are constantly trying to hone in and get information from them so they can just do raids in their city so that they can take credit to it. They patrol the highways. They give out tickets. Sometimes they have to investigate if something goes wrong with the police department. But I'll tell you, Justin, that would be a conversation I would be open to if someone said we're going to reduce a reduction of the state police, cut the budget, open up the the, uh, the process more for who gets to become that. And that to me is a, military, a police, semi uh, paramilitary organization that needs to be redefined. What exactly do they do that you don't need, you know, that the Providence police or the Cranston police can't do?
1: well what 's interesting is how how far the state police have fallen in, in the estimation of a lot of people and just in the time that Governor Graando's been in office i mean it, it was not that long ago considered one of the one of the few institutions in Rhode Island you could actually rely on um, and that was some justification for it was if you if you couldn 't trust your local police because for whatever reason uh, you didn 't think they could handle something or, or you thought there'd be some bias because they're local uh, you could go to the state police and it was it's almost sort of sort of like people who, who have a lawsuit you have to get the federal court because you can't trust the statewide cases the statewide courts is, is some people's opinion um, but yeah I, I agree at this point there's there's a need for reform and I think there's there that would also lead to side questions which are really helpful like what if if the Providence police can't handle this, if your local town police can't handle it, why not? And and should they be gone or should they be reformed? I mean, these are really big, important questions we we could be addressing. Uh, But once you start looking into the weeds of any change, you run into that Rhode Island insider system where, yeah, the the cousin is this, and my grandson is that, and here's the path. And if we're going to get this senator on the on the state supreme court, we have to appease that person who has to make a decision, and that means providing a pension for that cousin, and that's the you, you back we back into this this problem all the time, and I, I think if for no other reason, starting a discussion of of a defi- or reforming the state police would, would have a great effect on on a number of doors it would open up for us to discuss these things
0: yeah they have a huge budget folks he's the managing editor at oceanstatecurrent.com he's justin cash justin great job and we will talk to you again it's john dipetro listen folks this is a unique situation but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies instead clean up your home clean up your attic clean up your basement and your garage call brother's disposal today 401-688-0517 call them for a free estimate they will deliver a dumpster right to your home do some spring cleaning use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement from your attic from your garage do some spring cleaning use this unique time call brother's disposal today 401-688-0517 they'll come to your home they will drop off a dumpster you load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brother's Disposal today. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brother's Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401 401- It's Brother's Disposal and let's get a dumpster in the driveway.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401 321 2799. That's 401 321 2799. Or find Karen on the web at
0: www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight. Third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. Mega Logistics, 401-431-2300.
2: We look like Tom Hanks Castaway. Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay. Teacher said, kids, we can distance school young. So get to We're one big day family Easter Bunny wore a mask up into ya Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Road made laid it through ya Workers shout out to ya we we're Rhode Islanders Cause we're Rhode Islanders we we're
0: I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DiPietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today. Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800. Online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust For your home, call them today, 821-7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on, 821-7800. Now listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be or mosquitoes. Not if you call Winfield, Termite, and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable pest control service a family friendly pest control professionals folks you're gonna love these guys you can trust call them today Eight two one seven eight hundred or online at winfieldpest.com.
2: Doctor Scott says not to fear, Smiley stands with no chair. Margie reads questions between one and two.
0: This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Or online. They have a great website, LawnDoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control. Annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate. 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com. Or call them today, 401 392 1025. Lawn Doctor. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 7096. 401 710 7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story, I don't mind. But one morning I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash and suddenly it wouldn't work now did I panic no did I try to fix it don't be ridiculous no I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401 710 7096 we made an appointment Ryan said Juan I'll be there at at nine o'clock at five of nine a truck appeared in my driveway it said Ryan's appliance repair he came right in fixed the driver uh, dryer excuse me within five minutes and then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096, and then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and... He'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096.